This is the fear of science. Hello everyone, welcome to The Fear of Science, the show that dives into the wide world of science topics to demystify, debunk, and delight. Each show features a new science fear with special guests and more surprises along the way. I'm Daniel Chai, I'm very happy to be here with all of you. I'm Jeff Porter, uh, the co-host of tonight. Here to speak about today's topic, which is of course, the fear of zombies. And here to get zombified with all of us, who do we have? I'm Dr. Jennifer Gardy. I'm a senior scientist at the British Columbia Center for Disease Control, which means I am literally what is standing between the people of BC and certain death in the zombie apocalypse. So you better hope it doesn't happen now while I'm in this recording booth. Otherwise, we're screwed. Wow, I'm very glad to have you here protecting us in this room. And uh, also here with us, we have I'm Ed Hill. I am not a doctor. I'm a stand-up comedian. I serve zero purpose when there's an outbreak that happens. But I'm here. You're That's zombie fodder. <laughs> we throw you to the hordes of the undead. Well, we'll need humor we in the run. apocalypse, won't we? Now, uh, uh, I'm glad that with this this subject is one that we're, we're talking about because uh, zombies have been part of uh, pop culture and, uh, you know, more than, than ever. But zombies have been around for a long time, right, Jeff? Yeah, a very long time, actually. Um, originally, zombies were believed to be a, a voodoo practice. Uh, the Haitians used to, to practice uh, uh, zombification, which was using mystical powers to kind of control their subjects. Um, but then they end up having uh, George A. Romano come, Romero, sorry, come along and create Night of the Walking De or Night of the Living Dead, and uh, he changed the entire game, changed it from from a magical thing into these kind of sluggish creatures that would follow along and attack you. Um, I actually was doing some research on it, and I found out that his original he originally called them ghouls. They were never called zombies until far after the making of the movie when he started doing the interviews and everything, he started using the word zombie. So. Who now, even came up with the name zombie? Where do you, is that like an acronym I for something? Yeah. Yeah, it was a really bizarre uh, word that was, was used in the Haitian practice. And and uh, the original movie, the first actual zombie movie, and I've actually, I did a trivia night one time where uh, I had a very heated discussion over which was the first zombie movie, but technically the first zombie movie is called uh, White Zombie. And it's actually about the great band. Yeah, I know, yeah. great band, right? Um, but yeah, it was actually originally about um, the the voodoo type zombie, and it was like nineteen. It was in the nineteen thirty that it came out. Nice. Uh, uh, for Ed and Jennifer, uh, and for those of you listening, uh, what are, what are your first memories of of encountering zombies? Maybe from a movie or a TV show or a book. Uh, what was? Do you remember like that first? piece of uh, a zombie culture that made you go, oh, this is a thing. I think mine was uh, Blank of the Living Dead. I can never remember which one's which, like Night of the Living Dead, Day of the Dead, like Period of the Dead. The one where they're in the shopping center, because it's such a good skewering of capitalism in general, coupled to like a scary zombie movie. And I saw it when I was a kid. And what do you love to do when you're a kid? Go to the mall. So the idea that, you know, one day I might be locked in the mall trying to escape from zombie horror was super appealing that's always it was my first and I think it's always been my favorite zombie film 
Mine is the Chinese zombies. I don't know if you guys know. They're called Jiangshi. So it's, I should um, know that. Daniel, you should <laughs> know. Um, uh, so I saw one. I was really little. I mean, I think it was five or six when I first saw these films. So they're they're they also come back. Well, they're they're the undead. They come back, but they can only jump, so they can't walk. Hmm. Um, which what? is really strange. And they were they were from the the Qing Dynasty, so they all had the you know the, the you know the whatever they wear. I don't know what they're called. Anyways. Um, and they suck your blood. And if you get sucked, you become one of them kind of thing. So it's really strange. It's kind of got these zombies qualities, but it's also got this strange... Like vampire... Uh, vampire, and grasshopper and <laughs> type of thing going on. Like a jumping yeah. spider vampire. And the only way to stop them, you can't kill them. Um, so it's not like you shoot in the head and they're, they're dead. You have to put like these magic spells on their head and they will just stop moving. And you uh-huh. put them in the coffin and you bury them. That's it. Huh. So uh, uh, that is, uh, I love how in uh, that kind of zombie, it's like, you know, you, you can't kill them like the traditional. And when I say traditional, I mean like the modern uh, westernized version of killing a zombie, which is grab a shotgun uh, and said you got to put a magical power on it. Yeah. See, Chinese zombies were so much more powerful. <laughs> which I mean, makes the western zombies so much easier to deal with. Yeah. You just shoot in the head. So so uh, that leads me to my next question. So maybe a question for, for you, Jennifer. Uh, so scientifically, uh, what do we need to know about the possibility of a zombie outbreak? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not actually going to happen, unfortunately, because all of us, I think, have thought through what our zombie apocalypse plan would be. I mean, you go to any party full of nerds, you can ask the entire room, hey, what's your zombie apocalypse preparedness plan? And literally everybody has one. And it would be fun to be able to enact those, but honestly, it's not going to happen. The undead aren't going to rise. But zombies are actually fairly instructive when it comes to other things in public health, like how we would respond to a pandemic of something like influenza. You know, not as scary as brain-eating undead shuffling around the earth, but arguably a lot more realistic. Can I use a two-by-four to hit super flu? (laughs) In the face. In the face. Yeah. Dang, no. But you could use hygiene and (laughs) personal protective measures. They don't show that in 28 Days Later. Yeah, I I saw that episode of Walking Dead. Think (laughs) about, you know, practical strategies for avoiding zombification. What do zombies do to spread the zombie virus? They bite. They they, they bite, they suck. Exactly. They jump. jump. Jennifer just throw this whole episode out. (laughs) (laughs) Zombies don't exist. Everyone yeah. go home. End of the podcast. <laughs> By We're the done. way. I don't know why we're talking about but this. But if they did, uh, yeah, I mean, think about something we in public health, we talk about personal protective equipment a lot. Stuff that you can do to, you know, keep yourself from, say you're, you're working in an Ebola treatment unit and it transfers by splashes of blood or saliva or other fluids. So you wear a suit, you wear a mask. If zombification spreads through bites, wear something thick, armor that's going to keep you safe from a bite. You know, you don't have to be the fastest person in the room. You don't have to have the biggest weapon. You don't have to have all the shotguns. You just have to not get bit. So you got to be faster than the other guy. <laughs> you have yeah. to be not the so like slowest. A, a zombie is like a same thing that you do to avoid a bear. Yeah, but you, you need, don't put bells on your shoes. All you need is a gun. That's why. 
Because <laughs> you, you can just take someone's supply. But yeah. we're in Canada. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's exactly yeah. why a gun's even more powerful, because oh. nobody else has a gun. Well, then when you, you need to refill your ammo, you're screwed. And you need, like, a hockey stick. You need a sharp knife. Yeah. That would get you a lot further, for sure. Uh, do you do you have a uh, in your in your uh, stand up repertoire? Ed, do you have any uh, uh, like zombie like bits? Absolutely not. <laughs> 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 you hire the perfect guest, guys. <laughs> <laughs> One academic saying this is not real, and the other person has no clue what you're nothing. talking about. This is great. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, uh, okay, well, question I guess for maybe for all of us, uh, like are you know this show is a fear of science and uh, uh, where we're trying to figure out these different fears and there are some people some people may be listening who are afraid of zombies I remember growing up and uh, watching horror movies uh, I remember uh, not horror movies were one thing but also like playing like zombie video games mm -hmm. yeah. and being like scared of the zombies in these zombie video games uh, like are you guys afraid of zombies like no, I'm kind of excited by the prospect of zombies. Like I said, I kind of always wanted to put my, you know, personal zombie apocalypse plan into place. And now I kind of want to see if I can survive. You know, does the relatively fit chick from the CDC make it to the end of the film? I want to know. Uh, I, I'm as, a, uh, as an actor of color, I'd make it. That's <laughs> like 20 through. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Sorry, Dana. Uh, don't, don't, go look, don't go looking for the cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never come back. Yeah, uh, if there's a suspicious yeah. sound, don't investigate. I've actually always been kind of freaked out by zombies. Um, oh. I remember when I was younger playing Resident Evil for the first oh, time. Yeah. Video games, yeah. One of the scariest things I've ever done. I couldn't even believe how scary it was. But I think it's the... The, the possibility that, that you could just wake up to everything changing is mm -hmm. the scariest part. And you look at those, um, it's a fungi that exists that, oh, yeah. that takes over the brains the of zombification. ants. zombification, yeah. yeah. I think that's a chytrid fungus, I want to say. There's a lot of zombies right. actually in nature, which yeah. is pretty cool. Like, this right. is not a thing that's unheard of, having something that can kind of take over and very quickly rewire a host's brain to be into something that it wasn't before. It's rats or ants or frogs. There's loads of stories like this. And, I mean, like... A lot of stories that I read online, not necessarily about zombies, but about like our the way our bodies can unfortunately turn on us. Like there's mm -hmm. like uh, uh, I've read stories of like people's like like skin calcifying and turning to to bone, uh, or you know, or like uh, uh, like the flesh eating disease. And uh, I remember years ago reading a story of someone working in their garden and they got a cut and some dirt got in it and next thing you know their arm is gone. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Alright, guess I'm not having a garden You anymore. don't need zombies. Just <laughs> anything that's out there in the infectious disease world is good enough. <laughs> like, we've got something you know, yeah, you want to calcify? We've got that. You want your flesh to rot away? We've got that. You want your eyes to melt? We've got that. Yeah. How, how ready is Canada for an, an outbreak of some sort? That's a great question, and it kind of depends on what the outbreak is. Um, when you're talking about something that spreads through the air, influenza, for example, if a novel strain of flu were to hit us, like it did in 2009 with H1N1, um, you would see exactly what you saw back then, overwhelmed emergency rooms, um, definitely higher mortality rates in certain parts of the population. Um, but if it's something like uh, Ebola virus, you know, we see that spread like 
wildfire in places like West Africa, where there just isn't a really robust healthcare infrastructure system, where you don't have that personal protective equipment, the gowns and the masks and the things that you need. But we have that here. So it really kind of depends on what happens. I think we're every year we get better and better prepared. We recognize that we're going to need labs that are able to diagnose uh, these infectious diseases and figure out if a new agent is coming around, what is it? Uh, we need people that can model the spread, um, people that can figure out different types of interventions, maybe get some of these vaccines and drugs in a pipeline, communications infrastructure to talk to people. You know, every year we figure out more and more of what we need to do to improve our pandemic preparedness. So it's kind of cool. I mean, all of those things have parallels in the zombie canon. If you watch any you know, infectious disease outbreak film or any zombie film where the CDC gets involved, the things you see the scientists doing are the same things that we do when we're dealing with something like you know, a new flu virus. So zombies are actually a pretty instructive public health mm. teaching tool. I totally disagree. <laughs> uh, I think we were screwed. Because <laughs> remember in winter, we're giving out free salt and how that went in Vancouver? Yeah. yeah that's uh, right. You can't even uh, deal yeah. with salt. You got to uh, deal with the virus. Yeah. Uh, lineups for inoculations. Yeah, there would be you so many You would imagine lines. people fighting over vaccines. Like, it would, you know, if you've watched uh, Contagion, which is a really good infectious disease movie, um, and is kind of the closest thing, you know, if you wanted to if you wanted to find something that would represent sort of the true zombie apocalypse that is actually scientifically possible, this big sort of super pathogen that spreads through the air that the story of Contagion sort of follows, I think would be the closest thing to it. And what you see there is exactly what you would imagine in reality. Um, that you've got a limited dose of vaccine, you have to prioritize who's going to get it, and people start fighting over it. This is a good time to bring up a half the flu. We're in a sealed, airtight room. We're in a very small room right now. <laughs> One thing that I've always wondered, too, is um, they, like, especially a lot of zombie movies, they talk about the patient zero. Mm -hmm. um, how do you how do you deal with the patient zero? If I woke up one morning and I'm really craving brains, <laughs> do I just walk into your office at the CDC and just be like, hey. Take a number, please. Yeah, yeah. You can grab a seat outside. Uh, yeah, the concept of patient zero is really interesting because um, it can help us, you know, trace back, identify an outbreak's origins, figure out if there's a risk of this pathogen being reintroduced into populations again and again and again. But usually by the time we figured out who patient zero was, something's already kind of taken off. We're usually a couple generations into the spread of something. So patient zero is kind of a cool, it's a fun epidemiological story to tell, all right, where did this thing come from? But it doesn't actually serve much of a useful purpose. Right. Um, if you can get things early, if you can figure out where was patient zero, were they sitting in an emergency room, maybe coughing droplets of you know, virus into the air that somebody might have picked up? Were they on a bus? Were they in a school? You can start to maybe find out who they had contact with, get those people into isolation. Um, if they're showing symptoms, quarantine. If they're not yet sick, but they might have come into contact with that person. So there's things that you can do, kind of, we call it contact tracing in epidemiology but um yeah it's more of a i don't know patient zero is more one of those kind of hollywood narrative yeah. type things I know. I'm sitting here being like another thing hollywood and <laughs> movies have lied yes. to me about oh yeah because all the movies all about gotta find patient zero yeah right? gotta find that monkey yeah. <laughs> so Outbreak, starring Dustin Hoffman, is totally the reason that I am in infectious diseases. I saw it when I was 16, and I was like, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. I'm probably the only UBC professor whose career was inspired by a Dustin
just in a Hoffman film. <laughs> um, I don't know, maybe there's somebody in like the faculty of Tootsie studies or something <laughs> that could claim the same thing. But yeah, I saw that and I was like, that's what I want to do. That looks so wow. interesting. That is that is fascinating. Mm-hmm. And how much Jeff, did... In conclusion, to answer your question, it doesn't exist. The <laughs> <laughs> episode uh, is a fraud. False. <laughs> you know what's worse being a patient zero? It's being patient, the guy that patient zero owes money to. He's <laughs> <laughs> not getting it back. It's true. It's very true. And the uh, money's right. dirty. Literally. Dirty. Now, uh, uh, so when it comes to, so when it comes to like a, an outbreak or an epidemic, how important is it for... Uh, the public to stay calm, you know, uh, again, in those Hollywood movies is like public stay calm, you know, stay indoors, yeah. um, you know, everybody stay ca- like, yeah, is, no. do you it's, also recommend the same kind of thing? It's hugely important. And the recommendations that we would issue are going to differ depending on the scenario. So if it's something that's a respiratory disease, it's going to be very different recommendations than something that would spread through blood or bodily fluids. Um, but the most important thing is to listen to public health and do what they're telling you to do. Because I often think, you know, when an infectious disease, when a a real crazy pandemic hits, when we're like, oh shit, this is something that we've never seen before, uh, people are going to panic and there's probably going to be more morbidity and mortality associated with panic um, than perhaps the actual pathogen. All right, so this is where I think Ed comes in, right? Because we're going to need a stand-up comedian to yeah. keep people entertained. Dude, I'm out. Calm. <laughs> it's a pathogen. I'm you're going to have to you be the last one in. You know you're on the plane, in. you're yeah. the exit row, and they ask you, hey, would you assist in time of emergency? I say yes every time, and I lie every time. <laughs> this plane goes down, yeah. I'm blocking the exit. I want to get out of the plane so you don't get to my ship. Wow. WestJet wow. Canada. if you're listening to this, uh, uh, Ed Hill, <laughs> row yeah. H. Wow. Uh, and how do you even develop material to calm people down in a zombie apocalypse? You're like, hey, so what's up with bleeding from the eyes? <laughs> where would be the worst place? Okay, where would be the bleed worst from? place? To bleed I can to bleed? think of about ten. <laughs> yeah. uh, but like, if you only if if you only had to bleed from one part of your body, where where would be the worst place? Like, would it be like would it be your butt or would it be your eyes? Is this segueing into next week's episode on sex robots? <laughs> yeah, that's a couple weeks from now, yeah. but, but we'll bring up the same question. That's yeah. not real either, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So we might want to change topics. I think sex robots are much more real than zombies. That's a good question. What is the worst orifice to bleed out of? Um, because a lot of the, you know, again, a lot of the zombie pop culture movies, you know, uh, uh, as well as having people foam, but like yeah. a lot of like outbreak movies, at least definitely have like the the eyes start bleeding. Mm-hmm. Or, or if uh, we're going, you know, strictly physiologically speaking, when blood is coming out of your ears, you're generally in a bad way. That indicates yeah. some sort of head trauma that you're probably not going to have a very good time with. But this is actually more organically yeah. moving on to the subject that I actually wanted to get onto, <laughs> which I did not ha- think would happen. Uh, so we actually had a question. Uh, from online for for tonight's podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, We had Jenny Russell ask us, um, would a zombie defecate? Ooh, that's an excellent question. Um, Yeah, you know what? My, oh, this is a tough one because you can you can think about this from a few angles. So if a zombie is regularly feeding, it is taking in material that you would imagine would pass through its GI tract in some meaningful way and would make an exit at some point. That being said, in order to produce fecal material, there's a lot of enzymes, digestive enzymes, and there's a lot of microbes, there's a lot of bacteria in your gut that 
have to go to work. And if you're dead, albeit like undead, dead, I'm not sure the extent to which your body would be producing new enzymes or the extent to which you would be a hospitable host for these microbes. So I don't know how much nutrition you'd be getting, first of all, out of that meal and what it would come out looking like. I mean, it might just be that you pass those chunks in their entirety and you're just, you know, like defecating hands and feet and, you know, but imagine butt cheeks eventually your, your intestines would rot away too, so there just wouldn't be anything for it to even pass through at all. Yeah. And why aren't there any just really overweight zombies that just have giant bellies Big full of meat? Big distended boluses, yeah, yeah, filled with corpses they've previously... That's an excellent question. Thank you, Jenny. Wow, yeah. that is a question that I, uh, you know, I've never thought of. It's always fascinating when a question comes up that it's like, mm, I've never thought of that myself. So I have a said, question for your question, Jeff. Oh. Why does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Why are you looking for zombie well, poop? <laughs> remember, uh, you know, in Jurassic, in Jurassic Park, they, they track the, the yeah. dinosaurs by seeing the poop trails. That's how you track the zombies. Right? How are you, you know going to track the zombies? You know how Jenny said, don't panic? I think for you, you need to panic just a little bit because you're looking for zombie poop. I think your anxiety is too low. Yeah. I don't think many people are going to be tracking the Let's zombies. Let's start with shelter. Anyway. Uh, so, uh, so speaking of shelter, so a question that I had uh, for all of you is, uh, in, uh, in a zombie apocalypse or any other kind of outbreak, what, where would your, like, safe house be? Mm. Like, imagining that we don't have a bunker, because, again, we're in Canada, none of us have bunkers, in theory. Yeah. Uh, where would you, uh, where would you, you stay? Well, I, you know, in addition to professor life and science television life, I also co-own a craft distillery. I'd probably go there because it's basically a big, sturdy, blast-proof building. You know, you're making ethanol. You don't want to blow up, so it's going to be a sturdy building. Uh, and it's just full of booze. So if things go horribly wrong, you drink yourself to death. If things go right, you just ride out the apocalypse, making yourself a bunch of cocktails. That's a good spot. Is it the type know. of alcohol that you can light on fire and throw up? It sure bottle? is. <laughs> but why waste it? You know, you have to kind of figure out, like, you have to do a bit of inventory management and say, okay, how much do I need to? And this is where math modeling of epidemic responses comes in handy. If my intervention is a Molotov cocktail, how many of them can I disperse and reliably hold off bays of zombies while at the same time maintaining enough to keep myself at an appropriately inebriated level? That's a great formula to figure out. I know. Let's stay in school, awesome. kids. So the so the whole craft brewery movement is really a conspiracy oh. because all of the craft brewery owners know that it's coming and they're getting ready. Is that, where you're is that, what, is that the official CDC line? Uh, uh, the <laughs> official CDC line is, it doesn't exist. <laughs> it's all going to be released through the craft beer all at once. <laughs> oh, no. It's they're gentrifying the disaster. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Ed? Where would you, uh, where would you hide out? Thought about this quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the exit row. Yeah. The, the first, the first thought was a boat, but then you you exposed to sunlight, and that's you know you're gonna get cooked to death, and there's no drinking water. Yes, yes. You know, there's all these different things that happen on Smart the ocean. Smart man, right? Hmm? Um, the other thing is going a mountain, but again, you know, <laughs> the hopping zombies. They can just, just get up there. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, my final thought was just go somewhere where there's 
no human beings ever resided because zombies are humans, right? Just go there where there's no humans. Assuming it's only humans. Where? Yeah. Mm. Thanks, and where Jack. is Thanks that? Thanks for throwing out my whole plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every three seconds. Yeah. Where, 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 was your, uh, where is the place where there are no humans? Well, that is yet to be determined, so I have no idea. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> d- like tour groups have made it to every corner of the world. Like, no matter where you go, there's always going to be oh, some Everest. Australian on yeah. a working holiday. <laughs> uh, I'm so <laughs> glad you said Australian. <laughs> <laughs> you could have said any nationality. You said Australian. Thank you. Uh, actually, what would you, Jeff, where would you, uh, uh, zombies, if zombies were knocking... Well, right now we're stuck in the library, so... Thank you for uh, Public Library. We love it here. Yeah. Um, but like Ed, I've actually thought about this a fair amount as well. My, my original thought was, uh, was to go into the middle of the sea as well. Um, I was thinking, like, an oil rig, because they've got, like, housing situations there mm. for people who work there. Um, but then I watched Harry Potter, and that one Harry Potter where you have the, the like, zombie-type things coming out of the water when they're trying to get the Horcrux... And I was like, oh, what if zombies can swim? Then mm-hmm. I'm just stuck in the middle of the ocean, and all the zombies can also come to the middle of the ocean, uh, and that might not be good. So now my plan is to go straight, straight to Academy Duello, uh, because <laughs> I know a lot of people there that are very talented with swords. Uh, so it would be a great survival group. What if you have to fight a zombie who's also carrying a sword? I don't know how good zombies would be with swords. Yeah, well, they lose a lot of their motor control. They're just generally kind of shuffling. Sort of the fine motor skills are, I think, the first to go. So, I mean, you don't even need a sword. You just kind of trip them as they're shuffling Can you trust your friends, though? Can Um, you trust your friends? Oh, yeah. That's the thing. Those people are prepared. Things go down, and everyone's turned into the comic on the uh, Exero. <laughs> Things just go totally dead. Well, it's just like Walking Dead. You can't. It, uh, Walking Dead has very little to do with zombies. It's really all the people um, that you can't trust. Yeah, isn't that people fear the it. living? That's yeah, what said. Right. hell yeah. is other people, which yeah. French philosophers. So maybe said this that. episode is just. Uh, fear of ourselves. Maybe each episode of Fear of Science just ends up being fear of, uh, fear, oh, of people. fear of people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Such yeah. an it's existential dark. dark show. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, for for me, I I think I would hide out. Uh, it, the most reasonable place that I'm thinking is a Costco, mm. because it has the food. It has you know a near infinite amount of food. Um, it has a you know cooking supplies. It has clothing. It has books to read. So many people are going to go there, though. And you're going to be like, get out of my Costco. This is my Costco. See, like, you're going to have to constantly defend your fortress. Uh, here comes the gun. Yeah. 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 At some point, your only weapon is going to be like those little tiny cups that they put samples in, and you're just going to be throwing them at the rest of humanity, See, and it's going to be awkward. So, so this is where I think, that, uh, uh, I think that I'm a bit of a... I used to be an optimist, and then I became a realist, and, and I think recently I became a nihilist. But, uh, but I think, uh, but uh, I, I have hope that people can, you know, line up properly for for inoculation. Maybe so, in Britain. Yeah, yeah. you know, uh, I'd hope that. Yeah, maybe we'd not be free. The assault situation. <laughs> what do you know? 
you know, yeah, I, I hope I would hope that people would uh, would be able to uh, uh, coexist, especially in a giant place of Costco. And sure, maybe you'd have different tribes in different part of the Costco, but oh, that'd be amazing. I'd watch, <laughs> I'd watch an entire show just on the, the tribes of Costco. The warriors in Costco. <laughs> oh, that so would it would be, be incredible. It would be oh, what's the, what's that reality TV show? Uh, Survivor. It'd be oh, Survivor Costco. Yeah, I would. I would watch the Jeff frozen food aisle yeah. tribe yeah. versus the yeah. pharmacy. I'll try. What if you get the books, book section? (laughs) 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 But in books, in theory, you could learn how to take down the people in the pharmacy. On one condition, we could get David Attenborough to narrate the entire thing. That would be amazing. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) The tampon aisle. Behold. Looks like we have to produce a uh, video series now. Yes. Uh, Yeah, Uh, yeah, I think think ultimately, I think for for me, uh, zombies... I was never really afraid of zombies, but like I, it's like uh, it's like other things that we're going to be talking about in our fear of uh, science series. Uh, all of these things are stuff that myself uh, I'm learning, and I'm glad that we get a chance to learn with our special guests and and with all of you, our listeners. Uh, for for me, I'm I'm constantly wanting to learn, and I think that part of learning means that uh, you're not only curious, but maybe you're a little bit afraid of these things, and that's why you want to learn about them. Because if you're not afraid of something, uh, maybe you don't have to learn. Like, maybe you don't have a soul. <laughs> yeah. too, In yes. which case, come to the CDC, because <laughs> I would love to study that. Um, one of the other things that we wanted to do on each podcast was uh, look at the hashtag for whatever our subject was for the day, mm. um, and then talk about whatever kind of pops up from that. Yeah. So before Hashtag zombies? I did, yeah, hashtag oh, zombies. Oh. So I looked it up, and one of the top posts that came up uh, was there was a picture where somebody was asking, would you rather turn into a vampire, a werewolf, a zombie, or a ghost? So I'm going to mm. ask everybody that. Who I know Jennifer's to? answer. None of those exist. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, you know, process of elimination. Um, zombie just, I don't know. You're constantly looking for nutrition. It's brains. I've, you know, I've never been a fan of awful meat anyway. So I don't think I'd want to be a zombie. Werewolf, it seems like you'd probably go through a pretty large hair care budget. And mm-hmm. I buy expensive shampoo. So if I'm going to look glossy and shiny like being a werewolf is going to be quite an expensive proposition i think vampire there's something to be said for vampires but you know you are again like a zombie always trying to find nutrition and it gets difficult after a while so i think so real ghost yeah because you could just kind of cruise around do whatever you want you want to be invisible be invisible you want to scare the shit out of somebody just suddenly appear it would be yeah i'd totally be be a ghost yeah i like that your idea of werewolf went directly the teen wolf werewolf oh yeah yeah, Teen Wolf 2, classic film. How about you, Ed? Just three choices, zombie, four. werewolf. What's the fourth one? You've got uh, zombie, werewolf, um, vampire, or ghost. Ghost? Ghost. Why would you want to be a ghost? Because you could be invisible. <laughs> as, as comedians, we're already pretty invisible right. in, <laughs> in real life. <laughs> ghost is like the worst choice. Oh, man, that's a yeah. great choice. I go, I go vampire, man. Vampire. You sleep all day, right? And you wake up at night. Is that not just describing a comedian? Yeah. Just, <laughs> why, why you got to bring out old stuff? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, vampire. I mean, if you look at vampires, I mean, first of all, you got, you know, what's her name? Beckinsale? What's her first name? Kate, Kate. Beckinsale. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you That's got that. They're always good looking. So mm-hmm. there's number one. Number two, they're always upper class. Why? 
Mm. <laughs> I want to live that life. He stopped us through. He stopped us through. I want to live that life through. That's right. And number three, you know, they just they just seem so put together. Yeah, the cape really kind of pulls and people the always want to together. have interviews. With and there's always fit. <laughs> always fit. Yeah. There's no fat vampires. That's true. It's the protein kind of diet. It's not a liquid diet, right? Yeah. He's always doing shakes. Yeah. So Ed would just become <laughs> Kate Beckinsale. That, that was totally not the point. <laughs> <laughs> Kate, if you're listening. I was hoping to be Kate Beckinsale's counterpart, but okay. Uh, like uh, the werewolf uh, vampire hybrid from uh, oh, the lichens. The lichens from, uh, or Scott Speedman. Yeah, yeah, I'd be Scott Speedman. Underworld, that was a series, yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of, you know, for, for me, I, I would be, I, I would choose to be a werewolf. Really? Ah. I think back in the day when, you know, like when Underworld came out, and I, like everybody else, love that movie. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I would choose to be a werewolf because, uh, in theory, you're, you're still half human, half werewolf, right? And you turn into a werewolf when the full moon's out, and the full moon comes out how many times a month? I have no idea. Yeah, CD, does the CDC know this? Well, <laughs> no, I studied dirt. Once a month? Maybe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I don't know. Every uh, four weeks, maybe. So, so yeah. So in theory, like let let's say three weeks out of the month, I could still live my normal life. I could pass for normal. I could, uh, uh, you know, the the hunger wouldn't take over me. I could still, you know, hang out with people. And then when I'm a werewolf, I get to go and run through uh, the forest naked. I get to uh, leap super far. I get, you know, when you turn to a werewolf like me, I go to the gym, you know, a bunch, and I am not buff. But when when you're a werewolf, you turn it into a giant, buff, hairy creature. And, you know, if that's the way to get muscles, I am down for that. And, again, you get to control yourself, in theory, you know, uh, for most of the month. But yeah, like, the, most of the month you get to be, like, an accountant. And then, you know, you get this one <laughs> great day. Yeah, where you're like, I am so buff. And yeah. then you just go back to doing people's taxes. You get to leave. Oh, the like werewolf a- accountant? Uh, wow. Sorry, I ate your teeth. You just got to rip right through your clothes. You oh, imagine yeah. that budget? There's so much money. No, you have to pre get yourself pre-naked. Yeah. Like when the moon is starting to wax so and it's work. In the final yeah. night just before the full moon. Just get some quadruple XL like sweatpants. And a snuggie. Yeah. Yeah, but snuggy. again, that's where the science comes into play with my plan because scientifically, I can track the moon. I can go to, you know. Uh, None of us the, can track the yeah. moon. Because yeah. <laughs> you know how many times a month we have a full moon. Yeah. Yeah, uh, twice. I'm going to say twice. <laughs> if uh, uh, What about February? <laughs> Even better. Shorter. Yeah. Yeah, what about you, Jeff? How would you um, I would definitely go vampire. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> because Jeff knows what's up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I already, re- I already really enjoy uh, really rare meat. Um, so <laughs> I feel like that, that taste for blood is already in me. So I'd be totally fine with that. Um, and then also, like, all the coolest ones. Like, have you seen uh, What Do We Do in the Shadows? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Amazing movie. That would totally be the kind of vampire I would be. Um, what do they do? I didn't see the movie. <laughs> what do they do in the shadows? It's a great mockumentary um, by, uh, I'm going to mess up his name, uh, Taiko Wakihi. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that right? Did uh, I say it right? Pretty close. Pretty yeah, close. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, it's got a bunch of people from... Um, Played the Concords in it, huh. um, and it's a bunch of, bunch of Australian vampires to- or New Zealand, sorry, Ooh, New Zealand. Oh. Um, that uh, they're just living in a house together, and they're just a bunch of kind of idiots trying to figure things out. Well, they were, looking, they were looking for a roommate, right? So looking they, for a roommate. Yeah. Roommate wasn't a vampire, so 
Yeah. And we'll then try not Awkward. to eat him the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a great movie. But they're making a second one, I heard. Yeah, they're yeah. doing the werewolf one now. Huh. Yeah. Uh, I think that movie, I think being a vampire is a lot like being a human. We're trying not to eat each other, right? We're just, we're all <laughs> trying to, like, take care of each other. Are we? <laughs> if you die as a vampire and a werewolf or a zombie, don't you just become a ghost? Oh. Just by default, you turn a ghost. See, that's why it's like right. ghost sucks because you're gonna turn a ghost anyways. <laughs> you have no choice to yeah. way. Do something else first. That's fat, man. That is a. Uh, but would you still be a vampire ghost? Yeah. What would a werewolf ghost do? Would you have to be a werewolf at the time that you die to become a werewolf ghost, or it can be the accountant version, die and become an accountant ghost? I feel like there's a lot of unanswered questions yeah. about and the, do ghosts the other world. Do, do, do ghosts? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> the the uh, other realm of existence just full of ghost poo yeah. everywhere. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> Who cleans up? Are there ghost sewers? Oh. Is there ghost toilet paper? That sounds worse than life. Yeah. Do your zombie? clothes turn yeah. to ghosts too? Why do ghosts always wear the clothes they died with? That's true. You'd, you'd think they'd be really die. naked, yeah, right? You'd just yeah. be a naked ghost. Yeah. Naked ghost just pooping everywhere. <laughs> Someone's got to be the ghost janitor oh. as well. Someone's got to get that job. These are more questions that I've never thought of. Yeah. Do ghosts poo? Oh, my God. We've, we've dipped into just this other train of thought now. Yeah, um, yeah I think that's, uh, that's about all the time we have for this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there uh, uh, any uh, uh, parting thoughts that our guests would like to share with us uh, about uh, disease or <laughs> zombies? <laughs> okay. Wash your hands. Just honestly, wash your hands all the time, people. Like I feel that Jennifer should just be on uh, every episode just saying that because yeah. I feel that is so important. I can record a few of those in different tones so it sounds like I'm here every week and you're just like, okay, cue Jennifer saying wash your hands. But yeah, seriously, wash your hands. Okay. Wash That's your hands and don't touch your face. Okay. Oh, man, I'm doing that a yeah. lot. Uh, so. You guys are both doing it, and now Ed's touching my face. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what? Maybe for this episode, okay, let's. Uh, our guest should sign off with a health tip. So we got Jennifer's <laughs> very important health tip. I, I love that health tip. I'm going to do that. Ed, do you have a health tip that you can share with all of us? I think you should date a ghost. Because <laughs> you're going to be a ghost anyway, so you can be with that person forever. Also, yeah. ghost STIs yeah. are probably not a big deal. You're like, oh, where'd that herpetic exactly. lesion go? It's gone now. Just disappeared into the ether yeah. like my ghost boyfriend. And then uh, and, and wear a condom. That's my health yeah. tip. A ghost condom. Best part, uh, I guess the best part about a ghost condom, though, is that it feels like you're wearing nothing yeah. at all. <laughs> when, I, uh, when I was doing online dating, um, I used to get ghosted on all the time. So. Uh, why'd you gotta make it sad <laughs> uh, that's the way we like to do it here on the fear of science podcast uh, fear of happiness podcast uh, so uh, again thank you very much to our, our two special guests again we have Dr. Jennifer Gardy not Dr. Ed Hill uh, and uh, uh, where if people wanted to find more information and, and follow you on your, your journeys where can they find you I'm on the Twitters at Jennifer Gardy, and that's G A R D Y, and pretty Googleable. So, yeah, hit me up on the internet. Yeah, I read her Wikipedia page. It's good. The podcast. It's good. It's, it's very long. Wow. Yeah. I'm accomplished. It says on the top, zombies don't exist. So, <laughs> why are we doing this? <laughs> you can find me at kingedhill.com and all my social media is on there. So, you probably. Can 
not going to do it anyways, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it, it just goes listening to us. Uh, and for Fear of Science Podcast, make sure to uh, share this episode. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Find us on yeah. all your social media. We have, a, we have a Twitter now. This is actually our first episode. Um, so uh, we just set up a, a Twitter. So it's at uh, ScienceFears. Uh, because I couldn't get fear of science. Um, so, yeah, follow us on that, um, and we'll be tweeting from that as well. Um, and, yeah. Um, that's Perfect. That sounds great. Well, uh, until the next time on the next episode of Fear of Science Podcast, as we always say here on Fear of Science, your brain is your greatest tool, except when fighting zombies. For that, grab a shotgun. I'm Dal Chai. I'm Jeff Porter. Thank you very much. Thank you.